Welcome to the College Commons Podcast, passionate perspectives from Judaism's leading thinkers, brought to you by the Hebrew Union College Jewish Institute of Religion, America's first Jewish institution of higher learning. My name is Joshua Holo, Dean of HUC's Jack H. Skirball Campus in Los Angeles, and your host. Welcome to this episode of the College Commons Podcast in which we will have the pleasure of a conversation with Rami El-Khanan, together with his Palestinian friend, Bassam Aramin. Rami is the protagonist of Colin McCann's recent acclaimed nonfiction novel, A Paragon, which recounts the tragic loss of their daughters in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and their transformation of that tragedy into peace activism. Rami El-Khanan, it's a pleasure to have you on the College Commons podcast. Thank you for having me. Rami, I want to ask you about the telling of the story in a paragon as relates to your way of telling the story together with Bassam and alone, as you have spoken publicly for many years. Did meeting Colin McCann, did the process of his writing a paragon itself change your own understanding of your experiences? And did the book shift your perspective on your own experience, even though you had been telling the story long before the book? Well, I'm, I'm telling my story for the last uh, 24 years, ever since the tragedy happened. And uh, I'm doing it uh, like an actor on a stage. I have a purpose, I have a target, I have a mission. I need people to understand that uh, it will not stop unless we talk to each other. And I devote myself into this uh, mission and I do it uh, four times a day, five times a day, one time a day to an audience of um, five uh, college kids or, or 4,000 uh, whole full of, uh, of people in a, in a big church. Uh, and this was the case until we met Kalem uh, Makan about uh, um, five years ago. Uh, he was uh, in a in a mission with a, a group of uh, tourists came to the Holy Land to learn some facts, and they scheduled a meeting with us. Uh, and there was nothing new about it, but uh, I have noticed, and Basam have noticed that uh, he reacts in a deeply emotional way. He he burst into tears. He was totally crushed. And we we try to comfort him. And uh, it happens from time to time because the story is really sad. And uh, But I, I was overwhelmed by his uh, involvement, the measure of his involvement. So it developed into a friendship. And what came out of this uh, friendship is the book. The story of reconciliation uh, in a big sense, but also in a deeply, deeply personal sense between you and Bassam is, of course, at the heart of the story. But we wonder if that story of reconciliation had repercussions in your respective worlds. How has your broader Jewish-Israeli circle received this brotherhood with a big question mark, 
with a big uh, misunderstanding uh, and and uh, you know the we are all victims of the of our education and I was brought up uh, in a way that uh, brain my brain was washed uh, the other side was uh, hidden it took me many years to understand why the other side is being hidden from me for so many years uh, you know today when we step into a high school class on the parent circle uh, lectures in high schools, we are uh, facing this uh, education of uh, not understanding, not uh, accepting this uh, friendship, this brotherhood. Um, and we are facing uh, young kids who have never ever laid eyes on an Israeli and a Palestinian before, which are not fighting each other which are not blaming each other, which are not putting their pain on the table, trying to compare whose pain is bigger, which is kind of an earthquake. And these kids, Israelis and Palestinians alike, are going through a brainwashing system that is designed to hide the other side and demonize the other side in a way that it will not be a problem for a young, angry Palestinian kid or a young Jewish boy uh, to pull the trigger and do things that are unspeakable. So uh, we are facing uh, two societies at war. It's like two kids fighting over the same toy and they won't let go. And our mission is to put uh, a crack in this uh, wall of hatred and fear, the divide between us. Uh, you know, a little crack uh, and the light comes in and can drive away a lot of darkness. And uh, this is it. This is our mission, no matter what. Is there a personal relationship uh, that you, or a familiar relationship that you can describe that particularly captures how, even though they may know you very well and they clearly know your story very well, they nevertheless somehow don't get it? Yeah, it happens a lot. I mean, I mean, uh, we are swimming against the current in in. Uh, a way we are taking water from the ocean with a little spoonful of little holes. And uh, the journey that I made, the journey that Bassam made, since he was a, a terrorist uh, sitting in Israeli jail, since I wore the uniform of the, uh, of the IDF, is a huge journey towards the other side, towards understanding, which most of the people don't do this journey. And uh, the media of both sides, the culture of both sides, the environment of, and also the reality of what's happen, happening every day uh, is doing its utmost to pull us apart. So many people uh, don't accept, don't understand, uh, they don't consider the pain to be the same. And we are facing two very angry societies. And, and this is the mission, this is the work that we do. I want to uh, ask you a little bit about what it means for you to have uh, gotten out of your uh, skin geographically. Uh, we learn in the book about Bassam's going to England and studying the Holocaust and how that changed his perspective. It, in Hebrew, we say, you, you change your location and that changes your luck, your situation, your 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 the way you find yourself. 
Um, the story, of course, talks about you going into Palestine. It, it breaks down the journey with the with the various uh, check posts you have to go through or the way you have to avoid the wall or you have to avoid the potholes. It's a symbolic journey of getting out of your skin, out of your place. Tell us a little bit about how leaving the Israel you knew and grew up in physically, geographically, culturally has participated in your development of this relationship and your experience? It's a, it's a journey. It's a journey which started uh, the day I joined the parent circle. Uh, in the book, Callum uh, describes it very well. The first meeting with the Palestinians, I was 47 years old. It was the first time ever in my life I've met Palestinians as human beings, not as uh, workers in the streets and not as uh, terrorists and not as uh, transparent people. And this uh, meeting changed my life. This I was 47 years old and I'm still ashamed to admit it that it was the first time ever. And the sight of uh, this Palestinian mother with the uh, six years old uh, kid picture on her chest, like my wife carried the name of our daughter on hers, uh, made a transformation in my mind. I uh, understood that I have to start this journey towards redefining myself, redefining myself as a, as a Jew, as an Israeli, and as a human being. Is there something about the cultures that um, addresses the communal pain in a way that's necessary or might be a tool for you to think about healing instead of outrage? Well, it's uh, deeply complicated. You know, uh, I come from a, a culture of uh, 3,000 years of victimhood. We are born victims. It's uh, under our skin, in our blood, the fear, the anger, the victimhood is justified. We really were victims. And the same uh, culture of victimhood uh, is existing in, in the Palestinian uh, side. The Nakba, the, the Palestinian history, the, the, the fact that whatever they did throughout history did not succeed and, and they still don't have their independence and freedom and respect. So these two victimhood mentalities are the basis of the continuation of the conflict. And, and once we will be able to get rid of it, not forget the past, but moving forward in order to acknowledge each other pain, this is uh, the moment it will change. Before we return to the podcast, we want to let you know about digital learning on the College Commons platform. Beyond this podcast, which is available to the public at large, check out the online courses at collegecommons.huc.edu for in-depth learning, digital syllabi, assignments, inspiration for teaching, and one of our most influential courses called Making Prayer Real. Subscribe with your synagogue for all this and more. Just click sign up at collegecommons.huc.edu. Oh, and one more thing. Help us out and rate us on iTunes. But whatever you do, do not give us five stars, unless we deserve it. Now, back to our podcast. Introduce us 
to your work in the parents circle. Um, I don't know if you're still active in combatants for peace or not as well. Uh, I, I, that... uh, I met Bassam in 2005 when uh, combatants for peace uh, were created by uh, four ex-Israeli officers, combat soldiers, and six uh, Palestinian uh, ex-terrorist prisoners. One of these uh, Israeli soldiers was my son, Elik, my older son, who served in an elite combat unit in the Israeli army. And uh, when he uh, finished the army and the, uh, the journey after the army, he came back uh, a refusenik, and he have uh, decided not to take part anymore in serving the occupation. And he looked for ways to uh, fulfill this sense of mission that he had. And this is how uh, uh, Combatants for Peace were created. And me and my wife were standing by the cradle of this uh, noble movement. Uh, with a lot of pride, and this is how we met with Bassam and, uh, and his family. We became the best of friends. We became very, very close. They came to our house in uh, Moza. We came to their house in uh, Anata, and, and we became really very, very close. And then on the 16th of uh, January, 2007, we got a telephone, and we rushed to the hospital, and we sit, we sat uh, three days by Abir, uh, Abir's uh bed until she passed away and for me it was um it was devastating because i knew this girl very deeply and and uh, it was like losing my daughter for the second time and as i remember i asked basam what are we going to do now and he said to me uh, god is testing us and I, I was overwhelmed. And uh, ever since then, the friendship developed deeper and deeper, and he joined the parent circle. And together, we, uh, we became uh, the, the parent circle and the activity within the parent circle became center in our lives. For the last uh, four years, I've been the Israeli director of the parent circle, but some was the Palestinian director of the Parent Circle. We finished our term about uh, about half a year ago, and now the the Parent Circle is moving uh, forward. Uh, a very difficult year. Most of the activity was done by Zoom, uh, the lectures at high schools, the groups, but the activity is uh, amazing. The activity, the ability to get into the minds of uh, of people and show that there is another way is uh, a mission by itself and i think the parent circle is uh, is doing great in this sense there is a wide range of uh, people active uh, uh, in many ways in many stages in many uh, levels of activism uh, because many many people feel that uh, they cannot stand aside they cannot keep silent they need to to do something and more and more people are joining us uh, for example uh, in the parent circle, uh, activities are wide open to create discussion and and uh, and meetings between Israelis and Palestinians. There are joint summer camps for for the kids. There are a very very strong women group in the parent circle, uh, and also uh, personal initiatives. There is uh, one member of the parent circle who created an organization of Israelis who are. Uh, 
taking Palestinians from the checkpoints to the hospitals, which is a, a huge effort and a very blessed one. So there are so many activities, wide range of it. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the alternative uh, memorial ceremony, which took place uh, just last uh, Independence Day in Israel. No, tell us. Uh, we are doing it together with Combatants for Peace uh, for the last 16 years. It's a gathering of Israelis and Palestinians on the eve of a Memorial Day in Israel, which is a sacred day. And we have decided to remember all the victims, the Israeli victims and the Palestinian victims, which creates a lot of anger. The Israelis said to us, what, are you going to, rem to remember those uh, who blew themselves up in the buses? And the Palestinian says, are you going to uh, remember the soldiers that killed us? And we said, no, we remember the victims and we are trying to prevent more victimhood. The first uh, ceremony uh, held uh, in uh, Tel Aviv, uh, there were 200 people in the audience. Uh, last year, there were, uh, it was done by Zoom. There were more than 200,000 people watching. Wow. And this year, this event, you can watch it on uh, online. I mean, it's uh, if you get into the Parent Circle website or the Combatants for Peace website, you see a magnificent ceremony of love, compassion, understanding realities and uh, a lot of uh, reconciliation effort. Uh, this uh, year, it was 250,000 people watching. It's a huge success. That's amazing. That's remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable to hear such massive numbers of people participating in a time when the, the message that we're getting in the United States about the political situation the mass political situation in in Israel is not positive. Are you are you feeling worried or are you reacting to to mainstream politics in ways? Are you seeing consequences of the political atmosphere in your work? Well, things are really dark. It's the dark ages. We are being ruled by a bunch of uh, of criminals, uh, corrupt uh, politicians. Um, we are being led by uh, an agenda of uh, Jewish nationalism and, um, and the future is not so bright because the uh, Israeli public is tending towards the right. And also the Palestinian public is tending towards the right. Uh, if there were an election today in Palestine, Hamas would have been uh, elected. Uh, and this is an outcome of this ongoing pressure between the two sides. I mean, uh, on, it, on the surface, we are living so-called normal life. Under the ground, there are tensions and uh, hatred and anger and oppression and occupation and whatever you like that it's like a time bomb. We are sitting on a time bomb uh, going to explode every moment. And there is no leadership and there is no compassion and there is no future and there is no solution uh, because each side fortifies itself in its justice uh, in a way that uh, justice is being uh, interpreted as just us rather than justice. 
I want to ask you about the the very soul of this entire story that is brought to us by a paragon, but is also, of course, about you and uh, Bassam's relationship. Um, and I want to to close the interview by by getting to that to that very that very soul, which of course is your daughters, Abir and Smadar. Um, you, Kalam, and Bassam refer to each other as brothers. So I would like to ask you, as Bassam's brother, and on behalf of yourself and your family, I'd like you to tell us about both Abir and Smadar. Something about each of them that is essential that you want us to know. Well, <laughs> that's a tough one. I I will not get into details because it's too difficult. I can only say that they were both of them uh, happy girls, very uh, talented, very um, joyful, uh, full of life, full of. Uh, uh, energy and um, Smada was a, a dancer. She was a swimmer. She was a, a, she played the piano. She was amazing, and uh, Abir was uh, making jokes uh, all the time. I mean, um, the loss is overwhelming, and uh, the pain never goes away. It happened. Uh, for for me, uh, 24 years ago, for Bassam, 16 years ago, the pain is there. It will never go away. For for 60 seconds out of every minute, it's it's there and never give you any rest. And uh, the only question that remains is, uh, what do you do with this energy? The energy is uh, nuclear. It has an atomic power. And uh, you can use it in order to get revenge, to uh, to bring darkness and destruction and uh, death to people. And you can use the same energy to bring light and warmth and hope. Uh, so this is what we are trying to do. It's a decision, decision that you make every morning. Again and again, you climb out of your dark hole and you make this decision Every day, again and again, today, I will go this way and not the other way. Well, on behalf of all of us who have had the, the privilege of, of hearing you, um, I want to thank you for bringing that light because you have. And today and every other day you do this work, you have succeeded. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the College Commons Podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the College Commons website, collegecommons.huc.edu, where you can also stay tuned for future episodes.